Hey moms, welcome to this week's episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, and The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. You can find both of those books at DorendaWilson.com. You can find them on Amazon, and you can find The Four-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers. Well, today we're going to be talking about planning your homeschool with the end in mind because it's kind of that time of year. But before I dive into that, I want to just share a little bit from my friends over at Homeschooling Today. Um, If you have decided to homeschool and listen to this particular podcast, I am guessing that you have a desire to slow down and enjoy the journey. So my friends over at Homeschooling Today magazine share your heart and my heart for homeschooling. Uh, the print magazine is beautiful, and when it comes in the mail, you're going to want to get away and, and savor it. You'll find great ideas for teaching that will inspire you, but you'll also feel emboldened to homeschool in a way that helps your kids discover who God created them to be. That's one of the reasons that I really love writing for them. I know they're passionate about homeschooling, and they have a deep desire to help you homeschool boldly, to remind you that we're in this together, and to help you see past the present trials into the reality of your true calling, which is equipping your children to be the remarkable people that God created. Now, I just did a podcast recently with my friend Sarah on the different personalities, considering our kids' personalities and maybe taking some time to get to know them and how to relate to them and and how to move forward in our approach with our kids in parenting and in homeschooling by having a better knowledge and a deeper understanding of of how they're wired, how God wired them. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, I would really encourage you to go and listen to that. Um, Today, Sarah is uh, actually joining us again. Um, We're going to be talking about uh, planning our homeschooling year because it is that time of year when many of us are thinking about the next school year and trying to get a jump on planning. Unless you're an old homeschool mom like me and you wait till August um, because you know you can. (laughs) You already kind of have an idea of what you're doing and that's good enough for you. Uh, Yeah, moms, you actually can get to that point. Um, But I've actually never been a huge homeschooling planner. And I know moms who plan out their homeschool year and I've just never been able to do that. I mean, at least not to any like detailed degree. I think it just felt too constricting and it didn't leave enough room for the kids' interests. At least that's how I felt. We were part of a homeschool parent partnership program that required us to actually fill out a learning plan at the end of the previous school year, which was the bane of my existence. I hated that thing. Um, And for me, other than continuing to plod in the basics, my thought was always, how do I know what they're going to be interested in next year? I have no way of telling that. But we also know that there has to be some kind of intention when it comes to homeschooling. It's just a matter of figuring out what that looks like and kind of finding a rhythm that works for you. So today we're going to be call, we're going to be talking about uh, something that I've referred to in my book, The Four Hour School Day, called reverse planning. Um, and so before we dive into that, um, I want to just actually read a little bit from my book, The Four-Hour School Day. Um, I titled that chapter, Reverse Engineering Your Kids' Education. So that's another another way to 
basically say planning your homeschool with the end in mind. And so here's what I said. Someone once said, be stubborn about your goals, but flexible about your methods. Nothing could be truer when it comes to homeschooling. With that in mind, I have a confession to make. I have never used a homeschool planner. It wasn't that I didn't have some sort of daily plan for our children, but I learned early on after briefly trying to lesson plan the conventional way that it was an exercise in futility for me. To start with, if I wrote the plan, I felt like I had to make sure the plan happened or I was a failure as a homeschool mom. For me, plans quickly become expectations. The sooner I admitted that and made an adjustment, the better. From very early on, I saw that if I wanted my kids to love learning, most of the time I had to let them determine that direction uh, or their direction because I had no way of knowing at any given hour, day, week, month, or year what my kids' interests might be. I found it both stressful and counterproductive to do much planning. I couldn't see into the future and know and know that dinosaurs would be a thing for one child for three months and baking would be of interest to another for an afternoon. I also couldn't predict what they would ultimately learn from those interests. So instead of writing detailed plans, I wrote skeleton plans that allowed for flexibility. I wasn't comfortable having no plan at all, but instead of having an all or nothing mentality, I decided to keep a looser grip by keeping my plans simple. I made sure math, reading, and writing happened each day, but the rest of the time I focused on teaching through family life and allowing a good chunk of free time in the afternoons. And so that is sort of what our day looked like. And so we want to just, Sarah and I are going to chat today about this idea of planning your homeschool with the end in mind, because again, we want to be intentional, but we also don't want to strap ourselves down unnecessarily with, you know, burdens that we're really not meant to carry. So uh, Sarah has been with me on a few different podcasts now. We, our original podcast was a conversation with two veteran homeschool moms, and I would definitely uh, recommend that you go and listen to that. That's a really fun conversation. We've talked about, um, you know, considering our kids' personalities and our approach to, you know, in our parenting and our homeschooling. So that was another one. And the other one we did was talk about um, finishing strong as we uh, hit this sort of the end of the homeschool year. So if you haven't listened to any of those, I would encourage you to go and listen because there's just lots of good stuff, lots of encouragement there. But Sarah and I have known each other a long time. Our boys have been good friends since second grade, and they're now respectively 21 years old. Um, Her son was best man at our son's wedding just about six months ago, and Sarah came out as well. And so we sat down and did that original podcast together and decided it would be fun to do more. So she bought a microphone, even though she lives across the country. And, uh, and so we're here today to to share with you just what we've learned as veteran homeschooling moms when it comes to planning your homeschool with the end in mind. So Sarah is um, a mom to three now adult kids, and she is the wife of a retired law enforcement officer. So Sarah, thank you so much for being here today. Of course, wouldn't miss it. Well, let's let's dive in here. I want to hear uh, your perspective because um, we've we've had a lot of conversations about this. In fact, it's uh, my conversation mm-hmm. with you that spurred that chapter on um, in the book, and we kind of went back and forth a lot. So you were um, you were like almost like a co-author there. So um, I, I love that. <laughs> I love your straightforwardness. Your your um, just practicality in this, um, you know, on this topic. So share with us what, what's on your heart today. 
Oh yeah. Well, <clears throat> it's practical only on this side of homeschooling. You know, I was um, not nearly the expert when I started. Right. <laughs> but <clears throat> really, it was just through conversation with other you know, homeschooling parents and and thinking through, you know, how how does all this look? And it's funny because so I was homeschooled some as a kid myself, and mm-hmm. but the world of schooling not in the traditional setting at that time was so different. And, you know, if, and when I had any kind of textbook thing at all, it was some actual like school textbook that my mom picked up at one of their like surplus sales. Right. Um, and <clears throat> totally different environment. Um, and so in some respects, I felt like a first generation homeschooler, even though, you know, I, I have that some of that comfort under my belt of knowing that mm-hmm. it produces good kids. Right. Um, but you know, the, there's so much coming at us. And nowadays the, like you said, the planners, the curriculum, the, you know, here's your scope and sequence. Here's the benchmarks you have to meet, you know, whatever, whatever grader needs to learn, you know, this year, like it is so easy to feel so overwhelmed and like all the decisions are being made for you in how to produce successful homeschool kids. And Mm. I don't know if some of that comes out of there was a long stretch where, you know, homeschooled students had a very sort of distinctive, um, they were assigned a very distinctive kind of reputation. Uh, personality or, yeah. Um, rep- yeah. thank you, reputation, great word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and nowadays it's, you know, like you see a lot of times colleges and different trade schools and stuff will actually pursue mm-hmm. kids who have been untraditionally schooled because there are unique characteristics about those students that they want. Right. They're self-motivated. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, some of those things. So <clears throat> not that kids in traditional school can't be, but they've just recognized that this is, you know, a, a sort of a common thread in this group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So really interesting. And I think um, as a result of all those conversations of feeling overwhelmed and feeling, you know, trying to choose curriculum and choose a method. And I, you didn't buy any planners cause there weren't any left. Cause I bought them all. <laughs> um, it didn't help. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Not that it didn't help, but it wasn't the answer. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like we're always looking for the one thing that's right. just going to be right. the magic key that unlocks the kingdom. Right. And I always hoped every year, I hoped that it would be the, the, the new planner that would be the key right. and it never was. But <clears throat> so great conversations with fellow homeschooling parents and finally kind of started gelling this idea in my head that, oh, right. We're actually producing or our goal is to produce adults. Mm-hmm. You know, I've said this a hundred times now, but Dorinda has heard it tons we're not raising children, we're raising adults. Like they're not going to be children forever. So, you know, just like if you have a puppy and you're training a puppy, you, you don't encourage behaviors in a puppy that might be cute when they're a puppy, but when they're 80 pounds, it's not going to be so cute. Right. You know, because you're, you, you understand that you're raising a full grown dog. And so you have to, you know, train for that full grown potential. Mm Mm-hmm. It without making it sound like I'm telling you to train your children like animals, not what right. I'm saying. No, and, and I think too, <laughs> the you idea know, is 
Well, I was just going to say, yeah, no, go ahead. Our kids naturally go through different stages of development. And mm-hmm. what we want to do mm-hmm. is work with those stages of development. We're not going to expect our four-year-old to know their multiplication tables because we know that eventually we do Correct. want them to know them, but we know they're not ready mm-hmm. to learn that yet. They will not even understand, not even remotely ready to understand the concept. Right. And it's pointless really right. until you get to that point. So I love the way God made childhood in such a way that mm. it, it's developmentally conducive to um, growing adults, but we need it. We need the uh, the discipleship, the guidance of parents mm-hmm. to say, mm-hmm. "Yes, this is actually a good thing. Keep doing this. This over here, that's not so right. good. We need to change that. That's our job as parents, right. and and right. we do have to think about. Oh gosh, this is really cute. Is is it okay if they can just do this thing? It's just a childish thing, not a foolish thing. I think this is something that I've always thought of over the years that Proverbs talks about childishness and foolishness. Children are going to do childish things. And that can be a fun right. and sweet thing to, you know, giggle at, laugh at, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But when that behavior, um, if you look at it and you realize it's actually foolishness, because in 10 years, uh, let's just say your child is mm. back talking you. Okay, that's not cute. No matter right. how they say it, no matter right. if they say it in an accent or not, or try to make it cute, or you know, flash us <laughs> those big brown eyes. That behavior uh-huh. in ten years is going to be ugly, and and so we label yeah. that as foolishness, and that is definitely something that needs to be changed. And we have to be we have to be yeah. thinking about, like you said, the end in mind. Where do we want this right. kid to go? Do we want right. this to continue, um, you know, or not? Yeah. So I love that. But thinking about it's not just about us, right? They're they're going to go on hopefully and be employed somewhere, mm-hmm. and they're not going to be employed very long. If they back talk their employer, exactly, exactly. You know, exactly. so it's it's a lot of it is familial and it's mm-hmm. parent child, but that's where the you know the reverse planning. What's you know what are not just my goals? What are God's goals? What are my child's goals? What are all of that wrapped up together? You know, what am I as a parent called to do to help produce in this child as they become an adult? Right. And if I look at that picture, and what I want is somebody who you know, still has a passion for learning, is, you know, godly in their characteristics, you know, is respectful and kind and generous and whatever, you know, all those things. Then how do I then back up into today and and look at what I'm applying today in our homeschool? Is that working towards that final goal? Right. Or is this just busy work that makes me feel like I'm checking off boxes of what my kid needs to learn this year? But I'm and killing their love of learning. Effort? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. that's, you know, we, we were talking about this earlier before we started recording. You know, we really want mm-hmm. our kids to continue to love learning. And so I've said this yeah. uh, in the Unhurried Homeschooler, um, just I felt like my main job was just not to burn my kids out. So yeah. that meant I was adapting and adjusting things along the way 
to continue to feed that love of learning. And I, I likened it to, and actually Jenna gave me this visual. I thought it was really good. It's if you've ever laid a fire, you know you've got to have kindling and newspaper, like different textures, different things. Um, one yeah. thing that lights on fire really quickly, another that takes a little bit longer, which would be the kindling. And then you're, finally your big pieces of wood that will mm-hmm. be long lasting and burning for a long time. But to start yeah. that fire, you start with a little spark and you just kind of blow on it, fan it a little bit, but not too much, or you'll blow it out. Um, and, mm-hmm. But if you don't, if but you have to be paying attention. You have to be. Your goal yeah. is a big roaring fire, but it takes. Right. It's a process, and I think that's something we have to understand. Is that whole. Um, Our kids come to us with a natural love of learning, but we Mm -hmm. want that fire. It's like a spark and we want it to continue to feed it and we want it to grow. And, and I know you, you see this in your kids as well, but I see my kids just with a, just a variety of interests and constantly Mm -hmm. learning in Mm -hmm. their twenties and thirties. And I'm like, this Mm -hmm. is fantastic. I mean, they're not afraid to try new things, to learn new skills as as it as they are needed along the way, they're like, oh look, I don't know how my washer's broken. I don't want to pay two hundred dollars to have a guy come fix it. So right. I'm going to pull up some YouTube <laughs> channel and I'm going to figure this out. And they do, yeah. they figure it out. Um, and all of yeah. that goes back to, you know, walking through those days with the end in mind. Oh, something broke. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of throwing it away, mm-hmm. I'm just going to hand it off to this kid and let him try to fix it. Why not? Right. You know, I handed right. a coffee grinder off to. Jake when he was like yeah. six years old. I figured it's broken anyway. So right. he might as well you know, learn something. He might it. as well learn, at least he'll kind of pull it apart and see how it works. Well, somehow mm-hmm. he ended up fixing it. So, there you, go. you know, I mean, it's just, it's just, I think it's that kind of mentality um, is what we're trying to convey to parents is right. like, you want that, them to be pursuing interests. So maybe they're, they're hot on the pursuit of something that, you know, at this point in the game or in the day is going to keep them from finishing this academic thing over here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. we can come up with a compromise. We'll finish this and then you can go finish doing that. But sometimes, you know, if you break that rhythm that they're in with that particular thing, right. especially when they're younger, um, they're just going to lose interest. It, it may not take them as far as it could take them in their learning if right. we just let them go with it. And so again, it's all going back to the big picture. We want to keep that big picture in mind, and you know, mm-hmm. being uh, you know stubborn about our goals and flexible about right. our methods. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I love I love that phrase. I think that's that fits so well because you know, stubborn about your goals means that you've got the picture of where you're supposed to end up, right? But but realizing that you know, day to day, year to year, season to season. The, the application of methods is likely to change. Right. And that doesn't mean that you have you know, compromised or given up or, you know, right. anything. It just means, you know, oh, we're just going to, we're going to switch tracks here a little bit and they're still learning math, but now they're not so interested in dinosaurs. Now they, you know, are doing everything as related to sloths. I don't know. Right, you right, know. right. <laughs> I mean, and, and they're still learning. Right. And they're learning, you know, the skills that, you know, we've kind of established and laid out as valuable skills. Um, so just let them keep going with that. That's right. That's <clears throat> not answering every single question for them is a huge piece of that. Yes. And I would say early on for my kids, I was, 
I was not so good at that. I tried to learn that and become better at that, as, especially as they got older. Um, there was a really cool moment in our homeschooling where, um, and I may have shared this on that first podcast we did, but where Joshua turned to me when he was working through math in high school level. So he's doing uh, trigonometry or pre-calculus or something. And he asked for my help. And I went over and we were using teaching textbooks. And mm-hmm. so he's plugging along on the computer, but he, he just needed, you know, a body, I guess, to try to noodle it through. And I went over and I looked at what he was doing and I flipped back a couple of pages and then I flipped forward to where he was. And I looked at him and I said, so this is where you pass me. Right. <laughs> and I said, I, you know, I would love to tell you that I can help you, but see back here a chapter that's, that's about where I finished. Right. You know, so we're going to find you the help. And, you know, I am, I'm all in for getting you the resources you need to get your answer. Um, but congratulations, you have officially passed me. And that was a huge thing for me. mm -hmm. I was an economics major in college, um, and didn't graduate just putting that out there. Expectations. Anyway, so, um, (laughs) I don't want people thinking you have to graduate. Right. Right there's going to be something I forget to teach right. them. So they That's are, right. by default, they're going to know less than what I know. Right. So my goal is to teach them to love learning because then like my son, he gets to a point where he passes me and I am okay with that. Yeah. And we get to celebrate that. And he remembers that moment to this day mm-hmm. in feeling like that was his, that wasn't something I had taught him. Right. That was, well, that, you know, from then on, it was stuff that he was, you know, putting in himself. And that's very, very motivational. Well, I love that because that that motivational moment happened for my mm-hmm. children in about seventh grade. When I said, yeah. you're already, I can't remember this anymore. You're, I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't help you. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, it was amazing because, yeah. you know, a lot of moms would feel like a failure at that moment. Sure. I actually did not. I looked at my boys and I said, you know, like you, Sarah, I said, um, mm-hmm. we'll find mm-hmm. whatever you need, whatever resources. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you're pretty much beyond me. And they thought that, especially the boys, just thought that was hilarious. It's they, like getting to be taller than your mom. Exactly. <laughs> they were like all over that. And I'm telling you, it, yeah. it was great. And so it was such a, mm-hmm. it was really just a, a, a kind of a vote of confidence for them. And they yeah. just, it made them feel more manly and all those things. And so I'm sure. all about that. You know, I'm, I'm good <laughs> sure. with that. Because, you know, at the yeah. end of the day, that's what I want. I want to grow men who conquer right. and who know right. more than I do and do lots of different things other than I can do. And, and they, you know, and they're, and they're all that. And I love it. Yeah. And yeah. even to this day, you know, they're in their, in, in their, well, all the boys are, almost all the boys are in their 20s. Four of them are in their 20s. Mm-hmm. And they literally will come when they talk to me, they tell me about the things that they've accomplished. Because from right. way back then, I was all about, wow, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. You, I never mm-hmm. would, I couldn't do that. That is so out of my wheelhouse. You know, just a lot of that going on. Yeah. And it just spurred on more and more and more, you know, desire to learn, desire to sharpen exactly. skills to, you know. Exactly. And again, that's having that end in mind. This isn't about yeah. me. And that they right. think I'm, I'm, you know, this smart or whatever. It's and it's what about I can them. teach them exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. And I love what they've taught me. And I, t- I have told them that I said, you guys have taught me 
so much for so long. Um, it's just, it's amazing yeah. to me. And, that you know, they're, they just, there's something about that that just makes them sort of shine. And and I love that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, and not gosh. to leave the, not to leave the girls out. I think it's, it's equally amazing for our daughters. You know, yes. I have one daughter who's incredibly artistic. Right. I'm not, you know, me, I, yeah, me I, can, neither. I can, I can recreate things. Give me a picture, you right. know, and I can, I sort can't of even make do that. Look, but <laughs> well, and I'm not talking about painting. I'm like, right. you know, I was always the piano student who, you know, asked my teacher to play the piano, you know, the piece I was supposed to learn, play it first for me. So I know what oh, it sounds like. Right. Right. And then I could just copy mostly. I mean, I was very rudimentary. I didn't go very far in piano, but you know, I was more about copying what someone else had done. Right. But if you want me to be creative from scratch, mm, mm-hmm. no, no, oh, that's yeah. not me. Yeah, we have that in our in, in our marriage. My husband's actually more the artistic one. And right. so, yeah. you know, we've moved yeah. many times. And so we go into a new place and he likes, you know, painting and decorating and all that. And I'm yes. like- Yes, and, and coming up with wild, crazy- like hillbilly bathrooms in right. your Airbnb. In, my, in our Airbnbs, adorable. yeah. <laughs> I love it. And that's love story it. But continues. that's the kind of stuff. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's the stuff that doesn't occur to me. And so when I when I could see that in my oldest, that she right. has this natural creativity. Yeah. You know, I you know, same thing. You yep. know, I, I run, the same go thing. farther. Yeah. Yes, keep yeah. going. You're exactly. past me. That's so great. You know, and yeah, I love seeing those things develop in our kids. And because those are the things, those again, that reverse planning, that's the stuff that's gonna take them into adulthood. Absolutely. And that's the stuff that makes them unique when they say go apply for a job or mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. take on a, a project or mm-hmm. things like that. They're gonna put their own spin on it, they're gonna be marketable for lack right. of a better term in, you know, mm-hmm. work field, they're going to be marketable because they stand out. Exactly. And, and that's exactly what's happening. We're, I'm, I you know you're seeing this with your kids and I'm seeing it with mine absolutely. as well. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, earlier I was talking about um, reading a little bit from my book and it, and I think what I was sharing was almost like a little bit of a way that I did this. Um, and that mm-hmm. was to not over plan the school year, um, to know Mm -hmm. that we were plotting in the basics because we all know they got to know how to read, write, basic math. They've got to, you know, vocabulary. They've got to have a good Mm vocabulary. We want them to have a good vocabulary. All those little things, so much of that happens also in conversation, I might add. True. So, Mm -hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. the thing that I did that I think was really, really helpful, I mentioned they they had the learning plans. Those, like I said, were the bane of my existence. But I remember <laughs> when we first started at this program, the one thing that was required is a once a month progress report. And I right. remember thinking, oh my goodness, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to have enough to write. They're going to, you know, they're probably going to hate my progress report. So start in, you know, we're, we've got a few kids in there and then it's four and five and six and seven. I think at one point mm-hmm. I was doing seven progress. <laughs> no, I wasn't because I would make the high schoolers do their own. So it was never yes. quite that many, but at least five or six was kind of my max, which was by then I had it down, but when I first started, I was like, oh, I hate this. I don't like this part of it. But you know what ended up happening mm-hmm. was even once a month, and I mean, I would recommend doing this once a week or even daily, um, what I found helpful was to just, you know, obviously we're going to write down the core stuff that we did, but then mm-hmm. as I gave them margin to like, play and follow their interests, I just kept track of what they were doing, 
how they were creating, how they were playing. And I started watching how that was quote unquote educational. And that's where I became so convinced that life is educational. And when our kids are playing, it's educational. When they are creating, it's educational. When they are communicating with one another and even working through conflict, that's educational. So that was kind of like the, the catalyst for me to realize that, oh my goodness, we don't have to be in the books all day Mm-mm. long to provide a robust education for our kids. So it, but it started with being watchful and mm-hmm. keeping and just journaling it and saying like, okay, like yeah. what, what would yeah. that, what category would that fall under? Well, that was educational because, you know, while they were baking the cookies, they had to, you know, they had to use gross motor skills and fine motor mm-hmm. skills. We did measuring, mm-hmm. um, Mm-hmm. They had to, you know, coordinate all of that with their little hands. You know, maybe they're only right. five or six or seven, and um, they were looking at the recipe. And so they're multitasking. They're going to the recipe, and then they're following yeah. directions and doing the thing. All of that while we're baking cookies together. Right. You know, so right. we're doing this thing that's really fun and really um, just a natural part of life. And yet there were the the educational pieces were multifaceted. So I think for, I, I just have always encouraged moms, if you want to reverse plan in that way, um, or that is a way to reverse plan, because you are right. thinking about the big picture um, and you're mm-hmm. just watching to see what experiences happen naturally and opportunities our kids have and seize. And then yeah. we're just keeping a record of it. And that was so, uh, so enlightening to me and really actually gave me a lot of confidence in our homeschooling. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's one yeah. of the ways that you can implement that idea. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, the, <clears throat> the beauty of, of taking stock of your time and your days like that is also just sort of on a side note, it helps you really identify if there are, you know, like time wasters or, you know, things that are really getting in the way of stuff that actually is more educational. Right. Um, That's exactly right. Being able to evaluate. So it's so funny because all of those homeschool planners that I bought and, you know, probably filled out and then promptly threw away at the end of the year, (laughs) that's really what they're trying to do. Right. But they're approaching it like from the, from the front end or right. whatever, or from the wrong end, <laughs> from the wrong end. <laughs> and just be, be uh, whichever end that is. <laughs> but, you know, the, the reality is, you know, that, um, evaluating often is going to give you better insight than assigning. Ooh. If that makes sense. That's good. Say that again. Yeah. Say it again. But evaluating what you are doing Mm-hmm. is is going to give you more insight than just assigning what you think you should be doing. Ooh, that is and, and, really you know, maybe good. the two work in tandem a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's oh, you know, we, we often that. get stuck in the assigning part. Right. You know, this is what we should be doing. This is, you know, this is what's in the box. This is, you know, this is what I have to check off for the day. Um, you know, but losing those opportunities to just sort of observe and evaluate the daily, you know, churning of your homeschool mm-hmm. and then using that as your, as your template. Yeah. I love that because and, what you're doing, forward from yeah, there. you're basically taking what is a natural rhythm for your family mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're, you're right. really maximizing it. I mean, you're, you're seeing the value yeah. in it 
um, which I think allows us mm-hmm. to encourage it in our kids and, and relax. And you know what? Best right. of all, just enjoy the journey because honestly, mm-hmm. it's a limited time. We both know that and we, we've, we've mm-hmm. seen it. It's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a short season. Our kids are going to be adults most of their lives. And we get them for right. that block of time. And in their days, it seems like forever. I remember when we're, you know, we're still homeschooling. And, well, we're 26 years in. Um, if, if you, you mm-hmm. know, counted from kindergarten. If you didn't, we're 31 years in. And, right. uh, <laughs> you know, and so it's like I remember about two-thirds of the way through thinking, I am going to be doing this forever. <laughs> That's what it felt like. It just felt like it's eternally, the rest of my life. eternally homeschooling. Um, but yes. it's not. It, that isn't what happened. It, it's, you know, yeah. they do grow up. They leave. And, you know, we have this mm-hmm. incredible mm-hmm. opportunity mm-hmm. to, like we've been saying all along, just walk through our days with that bigger picture in mind. And, and really, it helps yeah. us be intentional and it helps us live right. out our priorities. Like what has God put on our hearts for our family? Let's live that out. Let's walk that out. Let's not be afraid to do that. And, uh, you right. know, I, yeah. Right. So and because it will affect all of those years to come, and just like hearkening back to the other podcast about personalities and you mentioning that doing that work among, you know, the, the children in your home, they have taken that into their relationships and marriages and their yes. own parenting. Yes, yes, yes. That, that's, that, that, that seeing that in motion, that end mm-hmm. goal being productive, but it started in your home with something that was pretty unquantifiable on an educational worksheet. Yes, exactly. That has, you know, born dividends. Exactly. Yeah. And when you're, when you're homeschooling and raising your children, you are also homeschooling and raising your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren because so right. many of those things will be, not everything, but a lot of those things will be pulled forward into mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. relationships and into, um, you know, your grandkids' education. I'm seeing this happen. You know, we've mm-hmm. got, you know, our yeah. oldest grandkids are, are seven and it's just so much fun watching um you know, watching them <laughs> homeschool and and learn and just oh, they're just they love learning. They're just so inquisitive and yeah. There's just such a brightness in their eyes and an energy in them that I remember our kids having, and so it's just fun yeah. to see that happening yeah. in them as well. And and it goes back to, um, you know, keeping our priorities and and being intentional to those priorities. So, um, exactly. anyway. Yeah, well, I think we can wrap things up here. Was there anything else you needed to share? Or did we cover all your notes, Sarah? Oh, gosh. You know, I could talk for another four hours, but no, I think that's plenty. (laughs) Well, we'll just have to have you back on the podcast. (laughs) I'm sure there's lots more we could talk about. (laughs) But thank you for being with us today. Anytime. All right, let's pray. Mm -hmm. Lord, thank you. I thank you so much, God, for our time together. I thank you for... Oh gosh, just the opportunity to be able to implement something like this, Lord, um, Mm -hmm. to be able to think about the big picture, to be able to tune into what we feel like you are leading us to do with our kids and then walk it out and see the fruit Mm -hmm. and see the dividends of that. God, I pray for every mom who's listening that she would have the courage to uh, take the time to listen 
to your direction and also to notice the natural rhythms for her own family and recognize um, Mm -hmm. the benefits of those and also how they're going to feed into that big picture. And so I just pray that today loads will will have been lifted and um, that you would just give the moms who are listening clarity of heart and clarity of mind. Lord, we thank you. Um, that you're so good and you have a good plan for us and a good plan for our kids. And so help us to be faithful to walk in that. In Jesus' name, amen. 